Late Night Conversations, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Legal Conversations. Let's welcome our um, A-team guest uh, who's taking us through a legal conversation talking about the legislation, uh, legislative late, um, leniency towards private power production and the cost around it. Advocate Tabo Mudisinyana is a legal practitioner with... Um, skills that are ranging from 15 years yeah in the SA Navy and four years in corporate and he's really really very experienced and versed to talk about this advocate Tabo thank you very much for joining us good evening uh, good evening uh, to you uh, Manduli and uh, the 18 years it's a very amped that we are talking about a power um, because you know how it is here in South Africa. It's uh, not all about the money, but it's all about the lack of power. That's what we are singing. Uh, Electricity is on and off uh, four day, four hours a day, uh, sometimes even longer, sometimes two uh, spouts of load shedding. Um, but here we are. We've got a legislation, um, Electricity Regulation Act Number 4 of 2006. What does it mean? Because we all want to try and produce our own private power if we've got the capacity. Mm. Um, the, the Act 4 of 2006 um, is the Electricity Regulatory um, <clears throat> I'm just giving a minute. Regulation Act. Um, the purpose of um, the Act, Wanamanduli, uh, was to establish a national regulatory framework, um, amongst many other things, um, was to um, establish MESA, which then regulates the distribution, um, the generation, and how power is uh, is, is, is produced and um, traded in in South Africa. Um, so last year, around some time, I think it was in September, um, the Minister of uh, Mineral, Minerals um, and uh, Energy, um, Guadamantashe, um, amended um, Schedule 2 of the Act. Um, Schedule 2 uh, deals with exemptions um, from obligation uh, for power producers to apply for uh, and hold a license. Now, everyone thought that private power producing would be the answer in South Africa. Mm, uh, but mm. it doesn't seem like it is. Oh, well, that's a very complex question. You see, the, 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 the thing is, there isn't a one appeal solution for our problems. For instance, ESCOM has a phenomenon um, that they use to gauge where they are sitting. Um, it's called energy availability factor. So what energy availability factor essentially is, is the difference between the maximum availability and all unavailabilities. So to, to oversimplify it, and, and hopefully I don't lose you or oversimplify a, a very complex issue, um, what ESCOM can produce if all things are correct if there aren't breakdowns, if you combine the number of power stations that ESCOM is operating, you, you, you are sitting with a total capacity for power generation from ESCOM at about 45,000 um, megawatts. But at best, at least for the last two or three years, they've been sitting at about 65% energy availability factor. So of that 45,000 megawatts, what ESCOM has best performed over the last three years is 65%. That, that 
roughly is about 20,000 mega, megawatts um, worth of electricity, electricity that is available. So the problem isn't is ESCOM capacitated enough. The, the problem from where I'm sitting is, is ESCOM able to operate the equipment it has in order to make efficient and effective use of it for the benefit of South Africans. Um, so when you then take that as a background, then you look to independent power producers, you're sitting with a problem that ESCOM is able to produce energy for cheaper relying on fossil energies um, and in South Africa mainly that is coal than it is able to buy from independent power producers. So they just and um, it's not good. It doesn't make economic sense for us to rely on independent power producers. Unlike perhaps in, in the UK where um, they've the, the, the somehow broken down the the transmission and, and the distribution of energy, and they've allowed um, independent power producers to um, generate and feed into the national grid. And at any time, you and I can log on to the national grid in, in the UK and see um, the breakdown of what are the sources. They have fossil fuels, they have renewable energies, they have nuclear, biomass. It, it's a healthy mix or with, compared to where we are sitting. We, we are, we are over-relying on coal, but it's cheaper. Is it sustainable? We don't know. But if you take that and mix it with um, the, the, the poorly maintained infrastructure of ESCOM, we are indeed sitting with a problem, and the IPPs are not going to overnight fix that problem for us. So now, when it comes to the private power production, right, in South Africa, mm-hmm. With this particular legislation, I mean, it doesn't give many megawatts for for the private producers. I mean, maximum of 100 megawatts and so on. Mm. It's very limited, you know. And yes, it it, it could be enough to sustain a business when power is out, but the the, the, the business will still need to rely on the um, public utility uh, to, to supply it with power. What does it mean for players who want to come in? who want to come in into this particular industry and give us options so that we're not reliant only on ESCOM and we can have other companies, you know, fighting for our business. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the amendment of Schedule 2 um, that happened in 2021 uh, essentially moved the threshold for uh, an independent power producer to, 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 to move from 1 megawatt to 100 megawatt. That, that's a big jump. Um, however, if you look at the reality today, that 100 megawatt, you're looking at um, a mining operation, perhaps that, that that is a big consumer, is a big buyer of electricity from ESCOM, but ESCOM is implementing stage four consistently, at least for the last two weeks, we've consistently been experiencing stage four load shedding. What does this amendment mean? It means as a mine can produce below 100 uh, megawatts, it does not need to be licensed. It means it does not need to um, then apply for a license. This allows the mine to operate where, at least uh, um, to use an example, stage four load shedding for the past two weeks, this mine doesn't have to depend uh, on ESCOM. 
they can produce their own power, they can store it there, and then the power kicks in during stage four, stage two, wherever there, there is load shedding. So they are not too reliant or too dependent on, on ESCOM. So the, the amendment of Schedule 2 was aimed at that. Um, I think in about 2015, um, and, and if you look back, you'd realize we've been sitting with load shedding at least for the last 14 or 15 years. In 2015, it was estimated that we're losing at least 10 billion uh, um, per month to load shedding. And that was calculated at least stage two, um, which was about 10 hours um, per, per, per day, over 20 days. So over a month, you'd be losing 20 billion. Are those numbers accurate? We don't know. But that's a 2015, seven years ago estimate. So I, I think this amendment is good news. Um, but not for um, independent power producers who want to feed into um, the national grid. It means well for people who are running big businesses, who are too reliant on um, ESCOM, but who cannot um, afford to be um, always be off because ESCOM is rolling out a blackout. So would it be naive uh, for us to expect that the state um, could potentially, you know, relinquish total control mm. of the energy production and distribution in South Africa? Mm. There, there was talk, um, I think, three years ago, um, the president announced a plan to unbundle ESCOM. Um, and I think um, if you look at what other countries have done, um, you would find... For instance, in Germany, they spent over the last 10 years close to $46 billion. Um, and Jacob Marocha was on um, another radio station um, in the course of last week. And, and he also spoke to us, I think that's about um, $1 trillion um, um, rent that they've spent in order to diversify um, their power uh, and build up the um, renewable sector. If you look at what UK, what feeds into the UK national grid, you have fossil fuels, renewable energy, you have gas, you have nuclear. France, for instance, is sitting at about 70% nuclear. Do we expect the government to relinquish power? Well, last 15 years tell us they should. But how do we do that? How do we do that without excluding other people? Because on the other end of the spectrum, you, you have a guarantee to make, um, a constitutional guarantee to, to make electricity available to everyone in order for all of us to live dignified lives. Now, the problem with privatizing electricity is that you make it exclusive. A Gogo Jamini who, who, who lives um, in, in a township who cannot afford, um, we would not be able to afford it even after privatization. So the risk with privatizing it too soon without putting certain measures in place, especially legislation that guarantees inclusivity, is that you you continue to perpetrate the exclusion that we continue to see where the rich are benefiting, especially um, from um, amendment of legislation mm. like the amendment of a schedule two. Advocate Tabo, unfortunately, our time has run out. Thank you so very much for joining us this evening. I need to go to the news, but quickly give us contact details of how our A-teamers can be in touch with you at your practice.
Um, I hold chambers at uh, Loftus um, Chambers in Pretoria. Um, my cell number is 071-417-2008. You can contact me on my email, and that is mudisenyani at babasa, P-A-B-A-S-A, Thank you very much for joining us. A team is, it's uh, two minutes after 11. We've eaten up time from the beautiful Mpo, but I know she's a patient beauty. Uh, let's go straight to the news bulletin. Mpo, good evening and thank you very much for your patience.